Welcome to the Addiction Solution Podcast. I'm Michelle Dunbar. Enjoy listening and watching as addiction experts Mark Sheeran and I cover controversial as well as helpful topics on addiction, how to move past it, and other related subjects. As two of the co-founders of the Freedom Model, Mark and I will give you a completely new perspective on the topics that matter to you. We will take to task the Recovery Society's lies and misinformation and replace them with facts, research, and the methods to move on from addiction struggles without 12-step meetings, rehabs, and the shackles of endless recovery. Let's escape the treatment and recovery trap together and learn to be free. Welcome to the truth. We're so happy to have so many wonderful fans, viewers, and listeners to the Addiction Solution Podcast. We know that many of our listeners are seeking a solution to addiction for themselves or someone they love. So let me tell you about our Freedom Model online program. It's like no other program for addiction in the world. The Freedom Model online program, or FMOP as we call it, was made for those who still want to be able to learn a solution, but do it on their own, in the privacy of home and on their schedule, but with guidance from the addiction experts who developed the Freedom Model. FMOP consists of more than 65 video lessons taught by Mark Sheeran and me. We're the co-developers of the Freedom Model. The program includes additional lessons not included anyplace else. They are the mind and brain, the binge construct, and life movements. You also get the Freedom Model for the Family Online Program, the 12-step deprogramming seminar series, which people love, new quick lessons taught by certified Freedom Model coaches posted each week, the Freedom Model monthly newsletter, and a two-hour live question-and-answer coaching session with Mark and myself on the last Wednesday of every month. And FMOP is affordable. For just $450, you have access for the first month. And if you feel you need more time, you can maintain your access for just $49.95 for each additional month. You can enroll in FMOP today at thefreedommodel.org. Or if you have questions about our products or services, call us at 888-424-2626. We are happy to help. Hi, everybody. So uh, my name is Mark Sheeran, and this is Michelle Dunbar, and welcome to the Addiction Solution Podcast. And uh, we are the co-creators and co-authors of the Freedom Model for Addictions, Escape the Treatment and Recovery Trap. And that also includes our colleague, Stephen Slate, who was also a major portion of the writing. Yes. This is episode 150. Can you believe it? Yeah. Uh, Anybody that's been binge listening, which we have a couple of people that are talking to us that have like listened to like 100 episodes in like a week, um, you probably are like, oh yeah, it's definitely episode 150. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So this is going to be an interesting one because um, we're going to talk about something that is uh, very nuanced. Um, the other thing is I have a bit of a cold, so I might cough every once in a while. So I'm sorry if that goes into the speaker loud. Um, but, uh, but, but it's going to be a nuanced thing that we have to explain to people. So we've been on TikTok lately and (laughs) stirring up some shit. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, TikTok is, is, is very unique because you only have a very limited space to explain something. And so because the freedom model is the opposite <coughs> of everything that's out there, um, it, uh, if, you, if you say something that is counter to the model, to the general treatment recovery ideas, 
um, it sounds like you're just criticizing it because you don't have the opportunity to give the nuance behind what you're saying. Right. So you sort of drop a bomb, then you have to explain through all the comments and, and it turns into this big shit show, which is the natural way. It's just social media. I mean, yeah. that is what it is. But I wanted to take the time to talk about a very specific thing. And that is people say, so you think the freedom model is the only way that's effective to get people to uh, solve their addiction, solve their addiction. And the answer is yes, but it's more a case. And this is what's important. It's more a case of what the freedom model represents, which is the individual. So if I was to say that something works, it's you. Right. Now that nuance is lost to people because they hear, the only way, and they freak out. Well, because there is a belief in our culture that is rooted in the 12-step model. Make no mistake. There's a belief in our culture that you need something outside yourself, that something comes in and fixes you from the outside, whether that's a higher power or a therapist or a medication or meetings or, you know, a group of drunks, right? (laughs) You know, it's, that something outside yourself needs to come into you to fix you. And what the freedom model basically shows people is no, no. The only way that you actually solve addiction, that you truly can be free from it is by making, by, by changing your mind. Right. By making a decision to see addiction in a different way. So In addition to the solution, according to the Recovery Society, being external to you, meaning sponsors, (coughs) treatments, therapy, mat drugs, all these external things that are supposed to compel you to stop, they also hold the belief that the addiction comes from outside of you, that it's a thing, that there's a force called addiction, a thing called addiction that happens to you. Right. And they use terms like you're susceptible to addiction as if addiction was something different than you that came into you and biohacked your brain and made you think differently and made you compelled to use. So, so they have a view that addiction is a force that needs, that necessitates treatment, which is a force and that you are a passive bystander in this battle And you have to pick one side or the other, either recovery or addiction. And there is no way that you as an individual are a part of that scenario. So so what they have done effectively over the last 80 years, which is really fucking remarkable, is. is they've marginalized or literally checked off you. They, they've said, you're not really in the equation anymore. Right. You, you need to, your, your mind is the problem. Yes. So they blame you. There's so many contradictions here. It's mm-hmm. so confusing to people. But they blame you. They say, your mind is the problem. You can't even trust your own thinking. Right. Uh, there's something wrong with you. You are diseased. You are biohacked. Your brain is broken inside. There's, you got to screw loose. There's something wrong with you. Yeah. The drugs have changed your brain and you now have a progressive chronic brain, chronic relapsing brain disease. None of this is true. None of it is supported by research. You need to know that hundred years of research, right? Doesn't support this. 
There's no credible research that supports that you have a mental deficiency, that there's something broken within your brain. Or a weakness to these otherworldly forces of recovery and or addiction. So you're really in a terrible position in the recovery model where you're this passive victim of being biohacked through through your brain being hijacked by drugs. And, and so there's no real winning except for this conjured up battle that you're going to have in recovery and how depressing that is. Yeah. But also there's a certain amount of junkie pride associated with that. And that is, look how hard my life is. Yeah. I'm in recovery. Well, you know, congratulations. We know how tough that is. Well, that that sort of attitude only lasts so long before it gets old. For sure. And and you're just like, Jesus, I just want all this to be over with. I just want to be normal. Yeah. So I, I think that now let's get back to the freedom model. So what, what the freedom model is, because people come from that perspective, they're thinking we're saying the freedom model is a program. And that, the only program. And is the only way. We view it as the only way. Just like AA thinks they're the only way. Just like the rehab thinks they're the only way. And that you're just saying that, and you're just like everybody else. You're your own cult. You're your own. And here's the deal. (laughs) Here's what's wild. The book, The Freedom Model, which is right up there. And Michelle's book, The Family Book, is there. Is outside of you. The pages, the paper that it's printed on, the digital screen when you're reading it on on a tablet is external to you. That's the only part that's external to you is the physical book. Okay. Right. Every everything else is ideas. So the freedom model is ideas, because we know that ideas are your problem. Your problem are ideas internal to you. So we're giving you words that you read, you take internally, and you apply an idea to an idea. All of that is happening inside of you in your mind. Right. There is no disease present. There is no um, biohacked you know, thing happening in your brain tissue. You know, your brain certainly is changed by drugs, just like it's changed when you learn to play the piano, whatever. But but it doesn't seem to matter because people get over their problems, whether the brain is, you know, beat up or not. So, so the point is, all we do is give information. That's, That's it. it. I mean, there's, there, there, I can't explain it any other way. You have an idea about addiction that's problematic and it's mythology. It's this idea that I'm this broken person. That that idea is your problem. It isn't that that there really is a disease, you know. Right. I I want to I want to tell you something. I want to talk about something that that well, kind of how the freedom model was developed. Right. When Mark and I were in AA in those early years in the early '90s, um. I, there was so much cognitive dissonance within me because I would look around and this is where I think a lot of people that are in AA struggle and then they point fingers at us. Okay. You know, millions of people are helped by AA. And so I would look around and if I was objective, I could see that the vast majority of women that I sponsored and I sponsored many didn't stick it out. (coughs) Right. I could see that the vast majority of people, I mean, I had at any given moment, I was going to seven meetings a week. 
that I would go to, I would frequent, I would go to them every single week. So I would see people coming in and out of these meetings. Um, You would see people maybe for a a week or two and then they'd be gone. Um, Most people don't notice that kind of shit. Most people don't see that. Now, when you have somebody that sticks it out for a month or two, you do notice when they leave, right? And we all automatically assume they were drunk, which turns out not to be true. But there was a part of me, and I would ask this question, why did I get it? Why is, because I knew I would never, from the day that I quit drinking heavily, I genuinely knew I'd never go back to drinking like that again, even though AA was instilling all this fear in me. But when I stopped, I knew I was done and I never wanted to go through withdrawal again, ever. Like I was like, I'm never going to do that again. I was, I was done with that lifestyle. I was ready to grow out of it. And that's the way I thought about it in my mind. And, but then when you go to AA, you're told all these other things like, and so, you know, so I would ask why, why am I sure that I'm better? Why am I sure that I'm not going to go back to that again? And why is everybody else struggling? All these other people are struggling. Does God love me more? Because isn't it about prayer? Right. Right, and spiritual fitness. In spiritual fitness, and <laughs> I certainly wasn't doing everything I was told. You know, I was actually, if somebody told me not to do something, I would go right at it directly and be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to do that anyways. You know, so so I wasn't doing what I was told. I, I wasn't the good little AA girl. Right, you weren't. I definitely you wasn't. You rallied against a lot of it. I did. And so I'm like, so why? So that for us was what we, I, I personally, and I know you did, needed to understand. I needed to understand even the people AA that stay sober, how do they do that? Because clearly it's not the steps and it's not the suggestions and it's not even the meetings because the vast majority of people that go to meetings don't stick around, right? right? So I could see none of those things and I wouldn't accept the idea that, oh, that's <laughs> the idea of, which people are telling us on, on TikTok and social media that, well, up to people didn't take the suggestions. They just, you know, you just have to not drink and go to meetings. Like meeting makers make it. And I'm like, no, I would see people going to meetings. I mean, even the people that stuck, you know, 5% that stuck it out <laughs> for a year, only a small percentage of those are actually sober that whole year. Like a lot of them are going in and out and in and out. And we know that's true from the research. And we know that's true from our own professional experience because we get those people. Well, here's what you're talking about. So there's, there's, there's a difference between coming to grips with something internally and making a change of mind and an external series of rituals. Right. In in our book, the freedom model, we talk about rituals and I use the analogy of the Hopi Indians and the rain dance in Southwest America where, uh, Every spring, they would get together. They would do a week week's worth of dancing, and they had a ritual with four snakes that they would arrange a certain way and release, and and then the rain would come, and they would say to themselves, oh, yeah. "Thankfully that they had done the rain dance every year, or else they would die yes. out living out in the desert." So they gave credit to the rain dance, and we do the exact same thing with treatment. Yes, we have this massive massive amount of what we believe is life-saving treatment protocols and recovery processes 
and including the Sinclair method. That's what I love. I mean, that, that one is, is people really believe that there's some mix. Even of- people that follow us and love us believe there's a lot of people that are like, have you tried the Sinclair method? Yes. Have you tried the Sinclair method? There's, there's a, a, a certain recipe of drugs and support and this and that that you need. And have you tried that? Have you tried going to meetings? Have you tried smart recovery? Have you tried this? Have you tried that? And then people say, well, you're, you're in that mix, Mark. That's the, and that's my point. No, we're not. No. Because with the, exception of, with the exception of the physical pages, the only thing that I'm telling you to do is to think. Yes. I'm not telling you to go to a meeting. I'm not telling you to be in some recovery protocol. I'm not telling you to get a sponsor to, t- to, to, to ask about your relationships and whether you should go to college or not. I'm, I'm not telling you to be in therapy. I'm not telling you to, to get take re- medications. To take medications. Um, I, I'm not telling you to do any of that in the freedom model. What I'm telling you is, here's the information on all that. Yeah. Decide for yourself internally, because that is the only way you can change. Because the only operative force is you. A drug doesn't have a mind. Yeah. Your circumstance doesn't have a mind. It can't compel you to use trauma, stress. None of that has a mind to tell you inherently you have to get high right now, okay? So you're the one making all the decisions and we ignore this. We ignore it with all these red herrings in the treatment community saying you get high because of this, that, and the other thing, and you need to recover by doing this, that, and the other thing. And nobody's saying, hey, John, why do you like it? What, what is your perception about the drug? How do you use it? Why internally do you desire it and crave it? You crave it because you want it. A craving is a want. Want is a part of your mind, right? Is a perception. There's reasons. There's reasons. Reasoning, again, a function of the mind. There is only one operative force, folks, and it's you, your mind. There is no other force. And so you have to get down to the components of what the hell is going on here. Most people just, you said it best. They're like the Hopi Indians. The rain comes and they go, thank God we did the dance. Yes. Little did they know that the monsoon comes every spring no matter what. Now, here's the thing about this. We don't judge if you want to try all those things. No. I I don't judge it. I think it's fine. That's right. Okay. But what we want you to do is... And we don't judge it. Like there is somebody that I'm talking to is like, why do what? she asked me, why do I still like to get drunk every night? And I'm like, not I you, don't, her. She asked me that question. Why does she still like to yeah, get drunk every yeah. night? Like she, she said, why do I like to get drunk every night? And I'm like, well, I don't know that. That's something you do know. You're not willing to look at. That's so good. Yeah. Okay. Because, right. because you're, and I'm sorry if I'm getting loud because we have these new, we have these new microphones and it's like attached to me. <laughs> so I'm trying not to be too loud, but I get very excited. But anyways, so basically the reason a lot of people don't know why or aren't willing to look at why is because there's so much shame and guilt heaped on it unnecessarily. If you're sitting at home alone getting drunk every night, and now granted, if you have kids and you're neglecting them, that's 
that's going to make you feel pretty shameful yeah and awful about it i'll bring that up in a second yeah if you but but if you're alone and i'm that's people i'm working with largely they're they live alone they're successful in their work um they don't have somebody somebody else outside of them heaping shame and guilt on them they've been in and out of aa and they're doing it to themselves and so Mark used to use this terminology, which I haven't heard you say in a while, called shame veiling, because it literally blocks you. This whole shame blocks you from being able to admit to yourself what you like. And and let's say that you do have a lot of people around you that right? don't get hammered, right? They have trained you to, to not admit why you actually like it. Yeah. Let me give you an example. So you get really hammered. You beat up your wife. Mm. It happens. And it's horrible. It's horrible shit. And so the the wife stays with you, let's say. But it's brought up constantly. What a piece of shit you are when you're drinking. Right? And so the front end of that drunk, the desire to be drunk, is completely ignored. Yes. Everybody says you must be completely out of your mind to beat your wife and you should never drink again. Nowhere does somebody say, why did you get drunk to begin with? Right. What was the reasoning behind your desire that you like getting drunk? Because all of the focus comes on to the consequence and the pain. Yes. So I get it though. That, that's going to chime like a dozen times, even though it's only, what, I don't know, 11, 10 o'clock 10. in the morning. So, so it's, so you've been trained through time to ignore the actual reasoning behind your preference. Right. So when people say, why do you like to get drunk? You say, I guess I have a disease. I have a disorder. I have, I have, I have all these things. And you ignore you. That you're choosing. Yes. Okay. And of course we do address that being drunk doesn't make you violent. We address that later. That's separate. Um, That's right. but you develop you so so there's so many layers on this. And so what the freedom model did, what we did was we studied all of those people that figure it out, that solve addiction and move on. And it's there's tens of millions. Yeah. Okay. It's the vast majority of people. They don't continue to struggle. They don't. They aren't beholden to meetings. They don't go to meetings. Most of them never went to even one. Um, They don't have to go to therapy and treatment. Like, because when you're in the recovery cult, that's all that you see. That's Mm -hmm. all around you. So so it's reinforced in you continuously. But when you leave (coughs) the cult and you go out in the real world, there is a whole lot of people who just at one point in time, I mean, there are people you would never guess that once had an opiate problem that just stopped it and moved on with their lives. There are people that you'd never guess that that partied their asses off for a period of 10 years in their 20s and they just solved their problem and move on. Do you know why you'd never know? Because it's they've solved their problem, they moved on, they don't talk about right. it. Right, there's no fanfare with natural evolution as a human. Yes. When there's cataclysmic change and some sort of massive psychic shift, you see it in a person's behavior when they go from hardcore to stopping and say after they've had some bad night everybody looks at the bad night and says that's why he stopped well they don't account for maybe the 
20,000 thoughts prior to that person personally had saying, I want to stop. I want to stop. I had that. I wanted to stop for about six months in this wicked bender. And then I have a car accident and I, and, and I said, enough's enough and I'm stopping. But it was also the 20,000 thoughts I had, the endless fucking stream of consciousness that I was having about, I got to end this and I want my life to be better. Yes. And, and so that all of that is the unsaid hero about personal change. And all of this is happening in the individual. So the freedom model simply makes you aware that you are the operative force for change. Yes. So, and you are the only thing that can change you. Because if there was a way for me to walk up and inject somebody with a magical potion that made you compelled to stop, wouldn't we just vaccinate everybody for alcohol? <laughs> right. Or drugs or addiction itself. I it's, mean, it's only a matter of time before somebody comes out with well, something they're trying. like that. They're That's trying. the whole Sinclair thing. <laughs> so they can I, I, make bucket loads of money. <laughs> yeah. That's the whole point <laughs> of the whole mat movement now is, is the pharmaceutical. Well, yeah, so much so. And I'm just going to digress for a minute. So much so. And I, I want to put this out there for our listeners because it's a dangerous trend. Um, that they're prescribing Suboxone for people that are using drugs other than opiates. Make no mistake, Suboxone can help with opiate withdrawal only. You can go on a Suboxone taper that will make it so that if you taper long enough and slow enough, you won't have withdrawal symptoms. Um, but now they're, we've actually experienced it where we were trying to get somebody without needed a benzo detox into a detox locally and the doctors are like, oh, you should just get Suboxone and go home. What? Suboxone yeah. does not help with benzodiazepines. Not to mention this person was in massive, massive withdrawal and could have died. Hallucinating. And they, we never were able to get them in a local detail. We went to, I think, 10 different places and they all wanted to put them on Suboxone. And send them back to us. And send them back. And we're not a medical facility at the time. So I, we ended up sending them out of state to a place that would do it. Um, yeah. It was just craziness. So, so yeah. So look at. If you're, if you are struggling with benzodiazepines or meth or cocaine and somebody says to you, take Suboxone, that is a total scam. Yeah. And and it's horrendously dangerous for benzodiazepine withdrawal. Yeah. So, so that was a digress. I had to say it, but that's, that's still this whole idea that there's something outside of you that needs to come in. That's right. That's right. There is, I'm going to say it over and over again. There is no external means by which you become addicted. And there's no external means by which you become recovered. There is only decision-making that can change you. Yes. That's it in a neat package. So what does the freedom model do? It provides you information to make decisions based on research, truth and fact and we wipe away the mythology we wipe away the distractions of the recovery society all these processes we debunk all of them so that you're stuck with one thing one thing you you and what you believe what you believe about yourself what you believe about substances what you believe about how you fit into the world i mean it's all about you and and your beliefs and, and your desires. And that's why we can say that the freedom model is the only method that can work today because we're the only ones saying this. Yes. We're the only ones that bring you into the picture. 
for you to make decisions that are different than you made yesterday to evolve as a human being. What all we're doing is saying, hey, are you aware that you're this thinking, creative, evolving person? Did you know that? And did you know that most people get over the problems that you're encountering? Did you know that? No, you're not going to hear that from the recovery society. No. There's no way in hell because they want to sell you something. Just like the beer company wants to sell you something, the treatment community wants to sell you their opposite, but it's the same thing. It's the same external thing. And they're all jockeying for your cash. Yeah. We're not. No. So somebody actually, people have said, so that means if what you're saying is true, that means I don't even need the freedom model. Yes. That is what we're saying. As long as you know the truth. As long as you know the truth. If, if you don't know the information that's in that book, if you don't know that recovery processes are, are a distraction from you getting, moving on with your life. If you don't know that, well, you need the information to know that. That's if, you don't, if you don't know that it's not a disease, that addiction is not a disease, well, you need to know why we're saying that. If you don't know that it's not a brain disease, chronic relapsing brain disease, well, you, it's not. So you need to know that. If, if you, you believe that trauma is causing your addiction, it's not true. We have the data that can show you that that's not true at all. There's not even a weak correlation. Right. Okay. If you believe that one, that if you, uh, you're somebody that can't drink normally like other people, that one drink makes you drunk, um, that's not true. There's a whole lot of research that shows that you're never out of control. Okay. If you, there's, gosh, there's so many things in there. If you believe that substances can help you with your stress. Here, I'm going to read, I'm going to read the table of contents. Oh yes. Here are the topics. You ready? This is the information you're getting because I'm going to send everybody on TikTok and our accounts to this podcast. And we can clear this up. Yes. Okay. So here are just, I'm going to do a sampling of topics. All right. Addiction and recovery ideology is wrong and creates perpetual struggle. Addiction and recovery, two sides of the same coin. I'm just randomly going through this. Uh, are you cornered into perpetual recovery? Are you lost in processes, in direct processes of change? What is the freedom model and how can it help me? How do I quit drinking or drugging? We answer, these are, these are like topics within chapters. We answer all of these. That's right. Um, how beliefs are formed and why they are hard to challenge. Uh, the Hopi, the, that was the analogy I used about the rain dance earlier. Uh, the, the, the three building blocks of freedom. All choices are made in the pursuit of happiness. Costly behaviors are a pursuit of happiness too. Uh, there's only one direction of motivation toward happiness. Um, let me see. What, what else? Do we Fear alone isn't enough to change. Self-image matters. The addict alcoholic self-image. Everything changes once you see yourself as addicted. Oh, that's for sure. Yeah. Constructive self-images. You can change your self-image with knowledge. Changing learned connections. You have a choice. Shedding the alcoholic and addict self-image. Uh, living free, living like a caged lion, leaving the cage of recovery, choosing what is best for you. What if you approach the decision without shame? Mm. It's your choice to make, and here's why it matters. You are what you think. Identical thoughts equal identical feelings and behaviors. Choose a new self-image. 
shame and shoulds, holding on to powerlessness, starting off on the right foot. Uh, everything has a price. What is a preference? Uh, don't make your change unnecessarily conditional. Unhappiness isn't a cause of heavy substance use. Mm. Um, you can't need what doesn't help you. Placebo effect and active placebos. The illusion of emotional relief. Drugs and alcohol can't think for you. Constructing the illusion. The power of distraction. Uh, reprieves. Let me just get here. Um, the not-so-simple pleasure center. Pleasurable things. Substances are subjectively enjoyed. Um, let me see here. Reframing costs to the freedom model perspective of benefits. Benefits of use. You're not stuck. The benefits of adjusted use or abstinence. Pitfalls of goal setting. That's an interesting one. The myth of loss of control. The brain disease model of addiction. The emotional rhetoric and the neuroscience explanation. Addiction isn't chronic. Heroin and the myth of addictiveness. Moderate opiate users. Ooh. Ooh. Um, can an addict ever go back to moderate use? Does withdrawal make heroin opiates addictive? People can moderate if they prefer it. You can moderate, but is that what you really want to do? Yeah, but I tried it before and lost control. The myth of willpower. What this about is in the appendices, by the way. So if you've read the beginning of the book and you haven't gone through the appendices, go through them. They are there. We, we pulled them out because they're heavily... Um, they're heavy on the research end of things. So they read more like that, like the research, but it's, but the information in there is absolutely invaluable. So this, this podcast, we can end with this. This podcast was designed just so you understand when we say there's only one way. <clears throat> it's not the freedom model per se, it's you. But if you don't know that, you need the freedom model. That's it. Everybody solves addiction the exact same way, regardless of how they get there. But the problem is just believing that you're sober one day at a time and believing that substances are still out there lurking, ready to get you, in the end will take its toll on you. Yeah, because that mythology is powerful. The it imagery really is, is powerful. All of it is powerful. If you believe that, it's a self-fulfilling nightmare. You create a boogeyman that literally is out to get you, that thinks for you, and that you need other people to now think for you because you're the problem. You're the solution. You're the only solution. Do you see that now? Yeah. So if you don't believe that and, you, and you're thinking to yourself, what are they talking about? My God, we... We built a 400 and I don't even know how many, pages. I always say 470 pages. He always like just makes up a number, but I think it's, it's like 460 something. 465. Okay. 460. Oh, 469. 469. <laughs> so he, wait, it's always between 465 and 470. So we were always right there. <laughs> so that's why we built this. Yeah. We built this so that you understand that all of the information in here is to debunk what gets in the way of you making decisions. And that book directly. started out at over 600 pages. 
Yeah. It started out over 600 pages and I had to pare it down and pare it down and pare it when, down. When Steve and I, before we presented to her, it was over a thousand. <laughs> and then we pared it down to 600 and she said, rewrite the damn thing. No, 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 no. It was 600 after the rewrite. Oh, it was 600 after the rewrite. It was bad. And, and no, it went, the first, the first version was, but it was because we were pulling it from previous versions of our book yeah. and it really needed a full rewrite. Yeah. Um, and then Steve took the bull by the horns and really. And we, the, wh- it how up. it started was, Mark, you said, let's just debunk all the myths. Let's just take each myth that people believe that, and let's that, just break them down and break them down. And that's how you did the rewrite. Yeah. And it was brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. So, so yeah, if you don't know the truth, this is one of those cases where the truth will literally set you free, set you free. The freedom model. Yes. All All right. right. Thanks, everybody, for all of your support. Please, if you like our podcast, give us a five-star rating uh, wherever you listen to it. Share it with your friends. Subscribe. Go to our YouTube channel. Follow us on social media, on Facebook and Instagram and TikTok and Twitter and, uh, geez, LinkedIn. I mean, we're on a bunch of different things. So, um, But thank you so much, and we'll see you next time. See you next time. Oh, and if you need help, yes. 888-424-2626. And if you want to, uh, if you learn visually rather than reading, get the online program. Yeah, Go to thefreedommodel.org and uh, get signed up right away. Yes. And look at one last thing. And I know there's commercials at the beginning and end of this for our products. Coaching is available, um, which is private, <laughs> one-on-one via Zoom or um, Skype. And sometimes because there's so much mythology and there's so many beliefs that could be really harming you, Mm -hmm. um, false beliefs, sometimes people need to talk it out and we are available to do that. So just give us a call and we can set that up. That's right. All right. Thanks everyone. Bye. Are you seeking private, personalized coaching to solve your addiction? Do you want to move fully past your addiction without endless meetings, therapies, and rehabs? Some of you might also want to deprogram from the 12-step belief system for good. If so, then the Freedom Model Online Coaching is for you. Learn the addiction solution that has helped tens of thousands of people to solve their addiction for good and move on completely free from the trappings of perpetual recovery. You can work privately with a certified Freedom Model coach without having to put your life on hold, leave work and family. And again, you can do it without having to attend any group meetings or group therapy sessions. When you enroll in the Freedom Model online coaching program, you'll be assigned your own personal Freedom Model coach who will guide you through learning the Freedom Model in 12 private coaching sessions via video conference like Zoom or FaceTime. You will have three coaching sessions per week And you will also get 30 days access to the Freedom Model online program, which consists of more than 65 video lessons taught by me and my colleague and addiction expert, Mark Sharon. In addition to those video lessons, the online program also includes our 12-step deprogramming seminar series, a new Freedom Model quick lesson posted weekly, the monthly Freedom Model newsletter, 
the Freedom Model for the Family online program, and a two-hour live coaching session with Mark and me on the last Wednesday of each month. Go to thefreedommodel.org to learn more or call 888-424-2626 and start your journey to complete freedom today.